Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. It's exactly as God said it would be. Maybe you're like Jacob this morning. I mean, it can't get any worse. Everything is against you. I want to encourage you by reassuring you that our greater than Joseph, Jesus, is right around the corner. You'll say, just wait, you'll say. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Thessalonians. Sometimes it can feel like the whole world is resting directly on your shoulders. Today, Pastor J.D. talks about how, as Christians, we're called to a life of trials and tribulations, but it's only temporary. You may be hurting, dealing with things that seem unbearable, but know that it will pass and joy is returning soon. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. My kids always say, you're such a worrier. No, I'm concerned. No, you're not concerned. If you're concerned, you're concerned on steroids because you're very worried. Okay, I'm worried <laughs> in, a, in a healthy way. I'm concerned because I, I want to know how you're doing. How are you doing? And here's the problem. Paul, he, he can't text them. He can't post on social media, direct message them. He can't call them. He can't FaceTime them. He's got to send Timothy to them to find out how they're doing. And here he is just waiting with bated breath, so to speak, for the good report to come, come back. And it's like he's saying, okay, now I can function. Now I can go on. Now I can really live. It's really important to understand that at the time Paul wrote this, He was in Corinth, and he was suffering great affliction and persecution while there in Corinth. And doubtless, he, in the back of his mind, because he spent a year and a half in Corinth, longed to have been able to spend that much time in Thessalonica, but he couldn't. Listen to what he says in his first letter to the Corinthian church, chapter 2, verse 3. This is the Apostle Paul, by the way, we're talking about. Listen to what he says. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. Really? Yeah. You know what I love about Paul is his honesty, his transparency, his humility. Would to God that more pastors, myself included, would be willing to be this vulnerable and admit, you know, (laughs) I think of what Jesus said, apart from me you can do nothing. You know, I am keenly aware every time I stand behind this pulpit, as is my privilege to do, that apart from Him I can do nothing, I can say nothing, unless the Holy Spirit anoints and empowers the words that I speak. There are times where, again, I'm just, I guess, maybe 
being very open with you, where I stand up here and I just say, oh Lord, truly, the first thing I think of, and this is a good thing to think of, I have to admit, truly Lord, you choose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. (laughs) I mean, are you kidding me? The weak to shame the strong. What did Paul say? I boast in my weakness. What? What do you mean you boast in your weakness? What is it about us, especially as pastors, and again, I'm just maybe speaking for myself, what is it about us that we we get up here and we, we don't want to show any weakness? Well, Paul said, I boast in my weakness, and the reason I boast in my weakness is because when I'm weak, then I'm strong in Him. I'm weak in and of myself, and it's when I'm weak that He is strong. And He's not ashamed or embarrassed to admit that he's full of fear. And he doesn't just say fear, he says great fear. So much so that he was physically trembling. I don't get the impression that this is hyperbole. That's how severe the persecution and the affliction was while they're in Corinth. And on top of this, he's also very stressed concerning the Thessalonians, at least until Timothy came back with the good report. I think about what he also wrote to the Corinthian church about how he's been through so much shipwrecks, more than one, like three. Actually, I think it was four. He was beaten 39 times. How many times? He was left for dead outside of Leicester. We talked about that last week. Stoned to death, left for dead. And then he goes right back into Leicester. You got to love Paul. I'm so glad he did because many were one to Christ, because he did. But while they're in Corinth, he is going through so much stress, so much affliction. And can you imagine how relieved and encouraged he was when Timothy comes back to Corinth with the good news about how the Thessalonians were doing? Oh, it was like, now I can just breathe a sigh of relief and And thank God, thank you, Lord, they're okay. They're okay. All that to say, if you're distressed and discouraged, I want to encourage you. Keep pressing on. Never give up. Encouragement is just around the corner, and so is joy. And that's our second one. In verses 9 through 11, Paul is just overjoyed and cannot thank God enough for them in return for all the joy in the presence of God because of them. So much so, he tells them that he's earnestly praying night and day. The reason why it says night and day is because the Jewish day starts with the night first and then the day, not day and night. He's praying night and day for God to make a way that He can come and supply what they lacked. What do you mean what they lacked? Oh, these are very young believers in the Lord. And you got to know that Paul is just anguishing because, man, I, I should have stayed there longer. Maybe I should have gone back in after they ran me out of town like I did in Lystra. <laughs> 
Maybe I should have gone back and spent more time with them and supplied them what they lacked, which is spiritual maturity in their walk with the Lord. I think of John in his third epistle, verse 4. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Like John, Paul's joy returned knowing that they were steadfast in their faith, walking in the truth. You know, one of the most important truths that I'm learning in my walk with the Lord is that when you're going through a difficult time and adversity strikes and the trial is hard and you're very discouraged and prone to give way to despair, that the enemy is right there. And he's saying things like this, this is how it ends. (laughs) You're not going to get through this one. This is really bad. And we agree with him. I'm like, I know, yeah, it is really bad. This is really bad. I know. Yeah, it's really bad. You'll never know joy on the other side of this. You'll never be happy again. This is your lot for the rest of your life. Deal with it. It's your new normal. And you believe that. You believe that. I'm learning that I have this propensity to listen more to the lies of the enemy than I do the truth of God's Word. I'm more susceptible to believe and be deceived by the lies of the enemy, because he's so convincing. He's the father of lies. And he starts planting these thoughts in your mind. This is not going to end well. I know it's not looking good, is it? And by the way, every time you pray, it's like it gets worse. You ever had that happen before? I mean, you're praying for a situation and it gets worse. You're like, what's up with this, Lord? You think to yourself, And the enemy's right there. I I wouldn't keep praying if I were you. I mean, look how bad it's getting. Every time you pray, it's worse. Stop praying. Like, what's that going to do? Like, the Lord's like, okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You can start praying again. I I won't make it worse anymore. No, just, you know, keep praying. No. That's a lie. That's a lie. Yeah, it, it might be hard. You might be discouraged. You might be down. You might be really having a hard time and finding it difficult to press on, to hold on, to go on. But here's the truth. When you just don't think you can take it anymore, take heart, because joy is coming. Let me say it this way. Joy is returning. It doesn't seem like it. It certainly doesn't feel like it. But listen to what the psalmist says. In Psalm 30, the second part of verse 5, I love this, I love this, I love this. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. How many times have we gone through those dark anguishes of the soul, the passage of the night where, I mean, it just, this is how it ends. Weeping endures for a night, but His mercies are new every morning, and joy returns in the morning. 
That brings us to our third one, the best for last, by the way. Jesus is coming. Here at the end of the chapter, in verses 12 and 13, Paul prays that the Lord will make their love increase and overflow for each other and everyone else. And then he prays, interesting, that God will strengthen their hearts so that they will be blameless and holy when our Lord Jesus comes with, keyword, all His holy saints. What? He's coming for us, right. But He's coming with us too. What do you mean? Oh, Paul is making a very important distinction between the rapture of the church and the second coming of Jesus Christ. At the rapture He comes for us, and at the second coming, seven years later, He comes with us as His bride by His side. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert, chapter 4, you know what is in store? It's all about the rapture. My favorite chapter in the Word of God, along with all the other chapters in the Word of God. First Thessalonians chapter 4. It's about the rapture. We who are alive and remain will be caught up, raptured up. Harpazo in the Greek, rapturous in the Latin. We're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and forever be with the Lord. And we're going to consummate and celebrate our marriage to the Lamb for a period of seven years. I like how one said it. While the world is tribulating, we're going to be celebrating. I like that. For seven years, as was and still is the custom in the Middle East to this day. After the seven years, there's this huge feast. This large feast is called the wedding feast. And it's after the period of seven, when the bride and the groom emerge from the bridal chamber, that Jesus said, Behold, I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would not have told you that where I am, there you might be also. That's the promise. He's speaking as a bridegroom to his bride. I'm coming back for you. I'm going to abduct you, rapture you, snatch you away as, away as a thief in the night, and take you to the bridal chamber where we're going to celebrate and consummate our marriage for a period of seven. And then after that, we're going to emerge, and we're going to have this huge wedding feast. And oh my goodness. That's what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about the second coming when we come with Him. And by the way, I don't know if you notice this or not, Paul continues to point them to the return of the Lord, and he does it at the end of every chapter. At the end of the first chapter, he tells them to wait for His Son from heaven who rescues us from the coming wrath in the rapture. And at the end of chapter 2, he says, it's they that are His hope, joy, and crown when the Lord returns for us. But here, He says, when He comes with us. Again, He's distinguishing between the rapture when Jesus comes for us, and the second coming when Jesus comes with us. One of the things that has been a great encouragement to me over the years in my own walk with the Lord, 
is that of knowing what I have to look forward to makes whatever I'm going through easier to get through. Let me say the same thing in a different way in the context of what we're looking at today. When I know that I have the rapture to look forward to, it makes whatever I'm going through here on earth infinitely easier to get through, because I have this to look forward to. That's my blessed hope. And it's just around the corner. And this is what keeps me going. The Apostle Paul would say that the sufferings, the afflictions, the hardships, the trials, the pain of this life is not even worthy to be compared with the glory that awaits. And here Paul is reminding them, he's so encouraged now with this good report, he pens this letter by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's saying to them, I, I love, I'm still praying that I can come, that God will open up the door for me to come back to you. But here's the thing, you guys, <laughs> the Lord's coming. The Lord's coming for us. The Lord's coming with us. You have that to look forward to. That's my joy. That's my hope. That's my glory. I want to close with an example of someone who truly thought they could not go on any longer. Jacob. The last couple of weeks the Lord has reminded me of this <laughs> patriarch and this time in his life where he's at the lowest point of his life. He truly thought, that's it. I will never see joy again. I'll never be happy again. This is how it ends. I'm going to go down to the grave. And he is just, I mean, first of all, he's grieving the death of his beloved wife, Rachel. And for years, he's believed that his beloved son, Joseph, was dead. And if this weren't bad enough, they're in the midst of a famine, and his sons have just returned from Egypt. And now, in addition to Joseph and Simeon, they want to take Benjamin back. And he thinks, I'm going to lose Benjamin too. I just, I can't take this. I just, I can't go on. Listen to what he says. It's recorded in Genesis 42, verse 36. Their father Jacob said to them, the sons, the other brothers, you have deprived me of my children. Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more, and now you want to take Benjamin. <laughs> and then he says these four words that I have to admit I've said many times in my life before, and perhaps you have as well. Everything is against me. This is bad. It's like, this can't get any worse, and then it does. I mean, when I lost Joseph, I thought, it, it can't be any worse. And now Benjamin, you have to understand that Benjamin and Joseph were from Rachel. The other ten were from Leah. You remember the whole Jacob story, right, about working seven years, and then his father-in-law deceived him, and he ended up having to marry Leah first and then work for another seven years for Rachel. And then here Leah is getting pregnant every time Jacob walks 
pastor for dinner. <laughs> and here's poor Rachel. That was a little bit silly, but <laughs> I think you get the point. And here's Rachel, and she is barren and can't, and, and to make matters worse. These are sisters, by the way. Leah's kind of like rubbing her face in it. I'm pregnant again. Rachel's like, what is going on? Finally, she has two sons, Benjamin and Joseph. And wouldn't you know it, this is a great study for fathers, by the way, to look at the fathers in the Bible and how they parented as fathers. I think of David, not a very good father. I think about Jacob, he favored. That's a very bad thing to do, is to favor one of your children over another. But anyway, that's another sermon for another time. But he truly favored Joseph, and that's why his brothers were jealous of him, because he entrusted Joseph, gave him this coat. We call it of many colors. It was really with many compartments, because he had many responsibilities. Everything's against me. I mean, it can't get any worse. After he says this, he says, I'm just going to go down to the grave. Oh, Jacob, if you only knew what was just around the corner for you. He has no idea. I mean, he, he's thinking, that's it. It's over. It's over. My life is over. And what he doesn't realize is that his life is about to change in ways that he could have never imagined. He's just around the corner from seeing his beloved son Joseph, who he thought was dead all these years, who is now the most powerful man in the world, save Pharaoh. And it's really quite fascinating when they get to Egypt, and I mean, this is Joseph's family? Forget red carpet, gold. <laughs> I mean the royal treatment. Could you imagine going from everything is against me to what? Joseph's alive? He's the most powerful God. Oh, I remember when he was a young little whippersnapper, and his mom and I got mad at him because he had this dream that all of us were going to bow down to him. Guess what, Dad? <laughs> It's exactly as God said it would be. Maybe you're like Jacob this morning. I mean, it can't get any worse. Everything is against you. I want to encourage you by reassuring you that our greater than Joseph, Jesus, is right around the corner. You'll see. Just wait you'll say. Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor JD at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. 
Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. La, la, la. 